1: Me, I'll be right back. I, just yeah. could, I think the radio's on in the kitchen. I've got to turn it off. Hang on. Talk amongst yourself. <laughs> How's it going, Ami? I'm doing good. The uh, The
0: heat wave we had has broken, so today was a little bit ah. nicer, maybe you know mid-70s instead of mid-80s. And uh, I think we're nice. going to get some rain tomorrow, so I think we'll have some cooler days for the next week or so. Oh, good. Yeah, cause
2: it's, yeah, it's been a little warm here, too.
0: Not
1: Not horribly warm, but it's been a little bit warm. Okay, it wasn't. Maybe it's my brain tumor. You were hearing sound and there was no sound? Yeah, yeah Mm. And I smelled burnt toast, yeah, yeah, no, I'm kidding um, <laughs> is that a sign is a stroke or something like that i think um, yeah smelling toast and your left arm feeling numb that's a heart oh yeah no
2: yeah the left arm feeling numb is is, uh, is a heart, a heart. Know, i'm not sure what the toast is i
1: think the toast is yeah i think the toast is, is a
2: stroke it's among, among other things right so quick real time uh, update before we go get into some quote there's a popular myth that smelling burnt toast is a sign of a brain tumor or that you're having a stroke this oh, okay. isn't true <laughs> oh really which kind of worry me because i've i've smelled burnt toast before and was like, well, my like Carol
1: burns toast all the time in the kitchen. What the hell, man? Yeah. <laughs> she likes her toast burnt. What can I do? <laughs> So hey, everybody, welcome to episode 206 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitchell, and I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Jaime Lipus Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And we also have Mark Rubin on the line from San Jose, California. Hello. All right. So Jaime, do we have any follow-up? I'm claiming this
0: as follow-up because we have talked about the uh, new iPad Pro and what it may or may not be. Will it have a notch? Will it have Touch ID? Um, This one's really, you know, this is a, a, I wouldn't call it rumor mongering, but I feel like people are really, really reading a little too much into this latest uh, leak. So uh, as reported by my 9to5Mac, the beta 5 of iOS 12, the developer beta 5, that is, uh, apparently includes some sort of icons showing uh, sort of a normal iPad. Did you expect. You know, that's kind of a a very thick uh, forehead and a very thick chin, and it's got the Touch ID button on there and the home button. And then there's another icon that looks almost bezel-less, right? It has very, very thin bezels, has no home button. But the thing that this article is claiming is like, oh, uh, this confirms that there is no notch. I know this is not a visual medium, so you'll have to uh, follow the show notes for those of you driving at home. But uh, uh, the quality of these icons is not very good um, because they've been blown up to a legible size. I assume that they are very small, like 50 15 by 15 or 20 by 20 icons, um, on some, you know, setting screen somewhere. And, uh, I don't know that at, uh, at that resolution you would necessarily decide to put a notch into the icon because who's going to notice the half pixel <laughs> of notch on there. Um, but it just adds to the, the, the fires of the rumors, right? Because we're we're sitting here, what, about six weeks away probably from, from new iPhones, five to six weeks maybe for new iPhones, new iPads possibly uh, being released in the fall.
1: So let's let's play a little game here. So in this image that you have, you've been sort of skirting around they've got labels on the bottoms of the icons. They look like like iPhone icons or, I, sorry, iPhone app icons with a b- rounded corner. Sorry, my dog is barking in the background here. Um, but uh, must be a skunk or a raccoon or something. Garbage night. Anyway, so the name of these uh, images is HLS all of, all in uppercase and an iPad in lowercase with the lowercase p which is I think bad form but the other one is called HLS iPad 2 so what do we think HLS means do you think? I hear crickets. Yeah, I'm at a loss. I'm trying to think if I've heard. It, it sounds <laughs>
0: familiar. It sounds, uh, you know, like we've talked about HDR. You, you can talk about uh, like IPS for monitors. Trying to mm. think if I've ever heard of HLS.
1: HLS. No idea. Mm. Mm. Well, we'll
0: I'm sure it'll come out in the next week. Whatever. Yeah, somebody so out there is, is probably shaking their fist mightily at their phone right now, like, oh, it's obviously this, and
2: yeah, that's good for you not. if you know. It. It's yeah. not
0: a. It's a three letter acronym, a TLA that sounds really familiar, but I can't the foggiest of me figure out what it is yeah hm HTTP live streaming is the first thing that came up when I put it in Google. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> for hls ipad oh, really? no
0: i didn't put hls ipad but i put hls and i have no idea uh, we'll do put
1: hls ipad in google let's see what it says uh harvard law school oh it's a harvard law school ipad so this is only for the harvard law school students okay i get it yeah it not, that not, makes sense. not for that Yale. Makes sense.
0: No, nothing else comes up http live streaming is the number two thing and uh apple insiders next gen ipad
1: pro design confirmed by ios 12 beta icon well, since we're, again, like, since we're screwing around with this idea, what if the one on the left, which is HLS iPad, it represents the new low-cost educational model, um, right? And and you know, because it would have a, it currently has a home button. It currently has a the hole for the is that a camera? Or what's on the iPad up there? Let me. Let me oh, you, you know
0: what it probably is. So I found some yeah, sort of engineless like video on demand module GitHub repo. Yeah, and somebody's asking about uh, Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos support. For streaming in hls and dash so oh, uh, maybe HLS. maybe it's a, a maybe it's a nicer screen in some sort of way nicer nicer
1: audio nicer video or something this is the thing maybe maybe one in one case it's the the high power, high-end pro version and then the ones the low end not so pro version the crayon version right like we see kid stuff version all right well that's interesting Enough of that. Let's move on. Um, so yeah, you got some some quarter. It's, apparently, Apple had a good quarter in spite of well, let's in spite of the elephant in the room, which is which is the fact that all of our tech stocks dove. We mentioned it last week. This is a bit of follow up, I guess. Actually, that that uh, I think in, somewhere in the show we talked about the fact that um, I think was it was it was it Facebook's stock stock that had taken a dive because mm-hmm. I mentioned Facebook last week that did, yeah. Twitter stock was doing okay, right?
2: They collapsed right after you said that, pretty much.
1: Well, yeah, no, I think you had mentioned that that Facebook had 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 not a good day. This was Wednesday last week on whatever July. Today is Wednesday, August first. So go back seven days um, when we were recording. But I think you had mentioned that that Twitter or sorry, Facebook was having a bad day, and yep. then the next day, Twitter and and all the other tech stocks, including Apple, um, fell off the cliff. If you look at the you know the, the the chart of stock climbing upness or whatever, right? It looked like the cliffs of cliffs of Dover. It was like straight down drop as I guess because Jaime and I I talked about this on Twitter, the the um, or Slack, maybe that the I think you had said the investors were getting all nervous and stuff, right? right? Yeah, that I think M- market mentioned something about the uh like after hours trading sort of stuff. Yes, that's right. true. Yes, right, right. So but so that said, <laughs> we just ha- got the report uh, I guess today was it today or yesterday that Apple had a fantastic quarter. So you want to lead in with that, I mean?
0: Yeah, there's a couple of links we have here in the show notes from uh six that would be Jason Snell's uh, wonderful site. Um one has a whole bunch of different charts um showing, you know, Apple's uh, quarterly results in in nice pretty graphs so, so you can see like you know, where are they getting their revenue from? Um, just as before for a very long time, it's been predominantly iPhone, um, Mac and iPad, a uh, big chunk, uh, services is interesting to me because services is, uh, individually bigger than either Mac or iPad revenue and really? showing the trend line on the chart. It's clearly on its way to surpassing both Mac and iPad combined, you know, right now it's 15% and they're combined at uh, 10 and seven for 17. And so in a year or two, it kind it feels like they'll probably be uh, neck and neck, if, if not surpassed by, by services. So which
1: chart is this one? Sorry, I'm trying to look on. Uh, First on link, the which is colors, right?
0: uh, Apple results. Uh, a very princely sum of $53.3 with a
1: B in revenue yeah. for q oh, oh, this one on six color. I was looking at the wrong six color one.
0: Yeah, there's, there's a second one that we'll have in the show notes as well for uh, sort of Jason's analysis of uh, iPhone, iPad, Mac, uh, Apple Watch, and
1: services. Um, oh you 're talking about the the pie wedge is where you 're saying 15 percent right
0: yeah that 's the one that has a whole bunch of you know uh year over year mac revenue change or year over year max sales change and all sorts right, of yeah. different things um kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, a simcoe what's his name um uh, did you used to do a lot of this I and mean, maybe still does i just haven't followed his stuff for a while right right hmm. yeah i mean yeah. The, the the thing that people will pick up on is like being bummer in sort of the the normal investor stuff i've seen is like well you know unit sales um are not growing; they're maybe slightly down. They're shrinking, but, yeah. But when you look at the average selling price, um, and and to me, the the chart I like looking at is average selling price for Apple product lines. Um, that iPhone ten is doing really well because that average selling price has gone up, even though unit sales have stayed effectively
1: flat. Yeah. Um, so in the third third article that I posted in there today about Apple racing to become the first uh, trillion dollar company, they talk about the fact that uh, I think in in um, uh, last year. The That the sale, the iPhone 10 was not available during the third quarter. It came out because it came out in November, so it it was just after those results. So that's one thing to consider. So you know you would have been buying iPhone sevens last year. This year you were buying iPhone eights, and a lot of people were were waiting to buy the 10 when it came out. Um, so that doesn't reflect well in in, in in there as well. And then, of course, you know as well, the, the, other, the other thing too, and we, we haven't talked about this, I, mean, I don't think we have a link for this, but um, I think, is it Highway? I don't know how to say the, the name of the company, the Android developer. They're apparently are Huawei. outselling. Huawei? They're, they're outselling um, the iPhone 10 right now. or uh, Sorry, iPhone in general. Yes, so
0: they, just, they recently took the number two position. So you would have Samsung, Huawei, and uh, Apple. Um, every analysis Huawei. I've seen, though, says that that's at the expense of Samsung, who had uh, not a very good quarter. Um, they they oh, talked really? about their Galaxy S9 not selling very well. Um, uh, reading between the lines, it kind of feels like uh, those leaks that came out earlier, like, oh no, like Samsung's um, panel division wasn't doing so well. And oh, the, guess what? That means the iPhone 10 isn't doing well. Like, nope. Uh, the quarterly results are here. Apple's iPhone 10 did very, very well. Samsung's right. Galaxy S9, which of course, Samsung makes panels for its own phone. Uh, that was not doing well. So, uh, right. Right, right. Uh, people were reading the tea leaves or or, or manipulating stock, he says, as a, as a very strong believer in a, in a more aggressive SEC uh, for insider trading and stock manipulation. But uh, be that as it may, uh, when I look at these trend lines uh, for average selling price, Apple product lines and say, you know, people starting from the bottom, um, people generally over the last several years have wanted a cheaper iPad. Um, certainly there are people right. who like the pros, uh, people on this show, you know, have and enjoy the pros. Um, but I think the, the general populace really wants more of a... Uh, probably more consumption right there, there it will always be that pro aspect like I'm definitely looking to buy an apple pencil and then get some more uh, you know productivity out of my iPad but um, that's not the general thing that people want and people are um, people are clamoring for more expensive iPhones clearly looking at this chart like it's, it's going up and to the right and uh, and even Mac um, even though it's not hmm. selling in greater numbers uh, the average seller price is is trending upwards so that's uh, that's kind of interesting to me and, and this doesn't include the uh, most recently updates uh, uh, most recent updates, I should say, that were uh, talked about, what, like one or two episodes ago, which has, you know, what did I say? It was like $3,600 US for the model that I want. I mean, that's, that's a whole lot more than, you know, the nine ninety nine base price that everybody used to talk about. Oh, the crazy the new
1: crazy new Mac Pros, or well, uh, MacBook Pros. They're, um, I mean, but a lot of that is just uh, expensive, the drives too, right? So cause the SSD drives are still like, still on the expensive side, right?
0: Yeah, but I mean, you know, people are voting with their money, right? The the story of the yeah. iPhone ten is, is Apple said, look. You want to continue to have uh, latest and greatest, but you don't want to spend that much. iPhone eight and iPhone eight Plus are there for you. Right, you right. you you are willing and able to give us more money. We will absolutely offer you a product at a premium price in the iPhone ten. And it looks like they're going to extend that concept even further with a rumor of the three new phones coming out in the fall. Right.
1: Right. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's interesting look at the, looking at this charts. It's it's interesting to see, like you said, the. Um the sale, uh, the services, as, as like since what twenty thirteen? No, I guess what year is this? Yeah, twenty thirteen. You know, they were like three point seven. Is this million? Oh, billion dollars, right? Three point seven billion dollars this year they're or this quarter they're uh, Nine point five. So it's it's like tripled in as many. You know, uh, how many years is that? Four or five years, right? Um, services are coming along quite a ways. It kind of leads into the next story, which um, I posted about. Just so I just got an email from Apple this afternoon saying that about the affiliate program App Store updates they, they're basically closing down the uh, affiliate affiliate programs with with apps so what that was is, is if you had signed up for this, this sort of like a um, an advertising um, spiff if you want I'm not sure what we call it um, but you put these URLs at the end of your of your um, your links to the App Store and you would get referral you would get referral monies for any any money spent there so if, if you know, if we'd mentioned an app and, and a link was in there, and you would go over. To, the person would go over to the store, and they would spend some time in the store, and they would buy some things. Then we would get a credit, you know, like pennies, like like shavings, like little bits of copper would fall off the pennies. As not a lot of money, but still, it would add up. And 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 uh, James Thompson was saying earlier today, and, and I've got a tweet from him. Paste it in here as a link. That for him, it, it does make significant uh, difference that Apple's canceling this program. So what basically what it means is that there, Apple has stated in their email to us that. The um, I guess the repositioning of the Mac App Store and the iOS App Store. Or what are they calling it now? Is, is it App it's still App Store, right? Um, they're doing well enough without having to have affili- affiliates. So they're they're just either, I mean, you cancel a program because one, it's costing you too much, or uh, two, that it's not really you know not really worthwhile to have this. So uh, begs the question: Apple seems to position themselves as, as they're doing fine. Thank you very much. They don't need the help of affiliates, but which. Kind of a noise than th- those of us who've been supporting them all these years, right? So, like, I mean, I have affiliate links, and I've never really made a nickel off off of Apple, really—not like, enough to get a check out of them. But other sites like James Thompson, you know, P- uh, creator of pCalc, Calc, you know, his sites uh, get a lot more traffic, and he'd get more he'd get more reference money from referral money from from this program. So thoughts?
2: Yeah, it's a shame, but like you said, it it's it probably became just it, it wasn't adding any value to Apple, so
1: right, right,
2: and they they had to have people running it they had to put resources into it. So I guess it was just time.
1: I guess those people must have to move on to something <clears throat> different too. Yeah. yeah.
0: I um, I was a little confused because I said, oh, I wonder why they're killing off the app-related one, but leaving uh, movies, music, books, and TV alone. And uh, uh, I'm not going to proclaim to be the uh, originator of this idea. I'm looking at the, the Twitter thread and somebody's like, hey, you know what? Maybe there was just like too much fraud in there where the apps, um, you know, anybody can put up the app. You know, if you've got your 99 dollars and people you know it's a little easier to do scammier things like oh this is like a jailbreak app or this is you know supposedly a vpn app or or whatever the case may be that's presumably a little bit harder to convince people to like hey you know go check out my soundcloud (laughs) go download this this MP 3 off of itunes or or buy this book or buy this tv show you know these things have a little bit more of a barrier to entry i think when you're trying to get into you know um itunes versus the app store and i wonder if that was it where it's like look this just policing the scam and the fraud stuff is like not worth our time.
1: Well, it could be that. And yeah, I mean, because we, we were talking to that, uh, or sorry, the, uh, at at RWDevCon, we had the, the guy who was used to be in charge of the uh, app store talking about, you know, all the sort of ways that people would try and fool him into, you know, you know relieving him of his money in, in some way, shape, or form. But I mean, the, I think that the profit margin on songs is, is higher, you know, videos and songs is higher for Apple than, than, you know, because they have to give us that 30%, right? And, um, you know, uh, so I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Like like I think I think it comes back down to to what Mark was saying. It's I think it's more about the effort required wasn't worth the wasn't worth the um, the reward to Apple. I guess right. Like yeah. They were probably probably paying out more than, than it was worth, or, or they weren't. They were probably paying out more than they could afford. I guess right. So well, right.
2: No, another possibility is that for apps, they kind of have a captive audience. If you want an iPhone app, you have to go to the App Store. Right. There's no other way to right, get one. Right. But for music, movies, books, TV, there's lots of other ways that you can. That you can uh, get that content, so true. maybe maybe they do still feel the need to uh, channel people towards towards uh, the app stores for not the app store, but the store, uh, you know iTunes for that.
1: That's true. Well, I mean that that same affinity affinity ID applies to whether it's a song or an app that you buy. Like you know, it's the same same deal. Like you're you're getting a percentage of whatever whatever's sold by Apple you know, right, through right. your referral. And like you said, like the sources for for music and and video could be like regular websites or so on. So forth, there's probably more, more of a net to basically pull in business. Whereas, as you said, it's kind of a captive audience with the, uh, the Macs and, and, uh, and, uh, iOS devices, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a good, good theory. Yeah, hard to say. Yeah. I think this would play pretty
0: well and it's something that I've been wanting out of Apple for a while, ever since they launched Apple Music. And that would be some sort of way for developers to use the affiliate program for, I don't know, new and exciting things related to Apple Music. So um, I don't really have a great story for this other than, you know, if, if Apple was to let us create, you know, apps or, or experiences in some way that have, um, you know, a unique take on the Apple Music data base, right? Um, Like, you know, let's say I become, you know, a really big influencer with relation to like, wow, you know, I just got great taste in music for this mood or for this sort of ceremony or this sort of, you know, uh, opportunity that's in front of us. Wouldn't it be great if I could create something for fans that really is in my mind a win-win for for Apple, right? Like if I'm trying to do something that's promoting their Apple music service and get a little bit of money, you know, for like, hey, look, I, I convinced people to go check out that new uh that new Drake album, or this particular Taylor Swift single, or you know whatever the case may be, I, I don't really have a great idea, but just it'd be nice to see Apple give us the tools to do that, so that it uh, it sort of draws people more towards one um, building that service's revenue by getting convincing people to sign up for Apple Music, um, and in music, you know I say in quotes because it, it seems like they're really pushing into television too, and and whatever that program ends up being seems like well even more right maybe I'm promoting whatever their original programming is. Uh, you know, uh, watch this episode, then see this song, you know, that's behind the scenes and other bits that would give just, you know, little fractional pennies to, uh, to the person who's creating this sort of uh, material and and putting their own unique spin on it. Almost like a, like the, the sort of thing that a DJ would do for a radio station, right? Sort of that, that sort of relationship. I think that would be pretty, pretty interesting because it would also draw people to sort of to to touch on something that Mark talked about there, where, uh, you know, you can get that tailored, Swift album or that Drake album, you can get it anywhere, right? It's on Amazon music. It's on Google play. It's on YouTube red and all these other things. But if, you know, Spotify, I don't know why I didn't mention them. Um, but if you had this opportunity, right, you had this, this channel, uh, these people, right. Um, you know, let's say like me, like, Oh, I'm, I'm DJ Lopez uh, uh, check out all this cool stuff. People might be like, yeah, you know, I could listen to this on Spotify, but. You know, I really like following this person and their take on music, and they've they've helped me discover so much music. I'm I'm going to go listen to their stuff. I'm going to go use the Apple experience rather than Google's or Amazon's or any other of the, uh, the more like commodity places. Doesn't that sound like something that might work for for everybody involved?
1: Yeah, possibly. I also wonder if um, like I, I want to know what the difference is between like are people still buying individual songs or, or are they just forking over the fourteen dollars a month and going all in with Apple to, Apple Music? Right. Like, Like... Like I'm still buying songs. I still have CDs to rip and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not really. In, I'm not really. And I don't listen to music all day long uh, to justify in my mind um, having an Apple Apple Music subscription. I'm fine with with what I have. But they, if somebody signs up for Apple Music, there's not a whole lot of re- referral monies there, right? So like once they've signed up, you know, maybe even if Apple gave you like 30, 30 days worth of credit or something like that, like you know, that's the sale. It's one sale done as opposed to like having leading them there to get them to buy 20 songs over a month or whatever, right? Um, I wonder... If there's like less action, you, uh, again, I, I, I want to see the numbers between what are people doing? Are they buying Apple Music, or are they are they buying individual tunes? Like you, you have a HomePod, so are you using Apple Music now, Jaime? I am,
0: and the the HomePod would be far less valuable to me as a device if I uh, if I didn't have the Apple Music subscription. Um, and I think it's a it's an interesting point. I think I think uh, individual song sales are still the predominant way for music to be consumed, but I believe the trend. is is towards streaming, um, very similar to the way that television and movies have sort of dramatically moved over to streaming, and fewer and fewer, fewer people are, are straight up buying. Um, it's a little complicated because some some services now offer the ability to buy what's essentially a stream diversion um, of uh, of like a movie versus the uh, the a la carte or, or sorry the oh, uh, all right. you can yeah, eat yeah. of like Netflix. Like so yeah, whatever, give us nine ninety nine. You watch one video, you watch a million videos. We really don't care. Uh, as mm-hmm. opposed to like you know iTunes or like you buy one video and buy another i guess i mean it would be sure it'd be great if you did yeah yeah and and, and you're rightly it, it's a little bit complicated because, you know, I, I know that Apple has to pay, you know, the royalties for uh, every play to, you know, like the Scorpio album to, to Drake or whatnot. Um, I bet you could do something with this, though, if you were to, uh, one, if they were to do some of their own label type stuff and, and have like their own true uh, exclusives. Like right now, there's, there's sort of exclusives like, oh, yeah, Taylor Swift has this on that service, but it's exclusive for the first week or the first... 30 days or something Mm -hmm. like I'm talking like truly exclusive, like you know, nobody else has access to this. And I think that's the sort of thing where you could say like, Hey, uh, you want to get that latest Cardi B album or that latest Kanye West album? Guess what? You have to come to Apple music. And therefore we can use the affiliate program to sort of incentivize the influencers to help us with that. I don't know. Just, just sort of uh, thinking out loud there. Oh, uh, real-time fact check. Uh, Scorpion is the name of the album by Drake, not Scorpio. Scorpion. Ah, Really? Yeah, I just looked it up. Uh, Drake's Scorpion holds at number one for fourth week on Billboard 200 Albums Chart. So it's three days ago. So that was in reference to which? Oh, uh, I'd use the example of uh, that Scorpio album by Drake, but it's actually Scorpion. (laughs) Canada's own Drake, you mean? Canada's Canada's own. own Drake. The six. Yeah, look at this. So, so even Google's search here, the little sidebar here, has Scorpion, studio album
1: by Drake, available on Spotify, Deezer, YouTube, Play Music. Mm. Oh, I figured out what that ringing was. It was my, my alarm on my uh, my phone here, my iPhone device. Really, really looking forward to September when we can see what Apple yeah. has, has got in store for us. So, Mark, what, you were talking the other day about, um, you were asking Greg and myself about, um, what does it something to do with forced unwrapping?
2: Oh, Yeah. Yeah, it you know, it's just something I was thinking about. So one of the things that's very, very common to do, of course, everybody does all the time, is is when you uh, pass information into a, say, a, a view controller uh, from a, a parent view controller, let's say through a segue or something like that, and you, you want to pass information in. So you have to you have to uh, declare the a property for the uh, for for the whatever you want to pass in. But because of Swift's requirement that everything has to be in, uh, given in a value before the init is done, and the init is done before you pass the value in, so you have to make that property an optional of some sort, right? So, mm-hmm. or give it a default value, but you know sometimes that's not practical, so you make it an optional. Uh, and I've always done the the safe thing and used regular optionals, and then do the whole you know lots of guard statements or if lets. Uh, and and I got to thinking that you know there are some cases where uh, where I, I pretty much know that the value is go- going to exist. Thing I'm passing in is going to exist, you know. It's some kind of like dependency injection or something like that. Like that. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I was thinking, well, you know, how bad is it really to use a, a uh, an implicitly unwrapped optional? Which, if for people who d- don't know the terminology, it's it's like a forced unwrap. It has the exclamation mark at the end. It's basically saying this thing isn't optional, which means you don't have to have it fully defined by the end of the init method. But you're saying that it you know, it, it will always have a value, so so you can. Treat it in your code as if it were not an un- unoptional. In other words, you don't have to use, uh, you don't have to unwrap it. It's just right, automatically yeah. unwrapped, so it's it's a little bit cleaner from a coding point of view. But it's it can be very risky because you're implicitly saying this thing will will never be nil, and it, if it ever is nil, then you're you're up crash. So I was just mm-hmm. asking for some opinions uh, on you know have have people done this kind of thing? Have people used uh, implicitly unwrapped optionals in that in that way? And it's and it's very similar to what uh, uh, interface builder does right you always yeah. see exactly that for interface builder so why not do that for your own stuff um and i haven't i haven't started doing it yet because it is still kind of dangerous and i haven't uh, gone down that path but but if there is a case where you know you absolutely fundamentally know that this thing will never be nil uh then, right. I, then I don't really see anything wrong with it Just... So yeah, I was just posing the question to see what other people's thoughts were on that. Yeah, I
1: guess the the, the thing is, like you said, um, you know, with with interface builder, there's almost there's a promise that it's going to be dealt with, right? Like, right. That's right. Whereas you know, um, if if you know if you're the owner of the code and you know you're passing in, like like you said, through a dependency injection or something like that, so that a value is going to get passed in. Then I guess in theory there's no harm in doing that. But I guess the I I think the whole purpose of, in my opinion, the whole purpose of checking by um, Unwrapping is um, is to, to produce what they call safe code, right, or safe code right. style. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think my
0: correct. opinion would be to try to avoid the implicitly unwrapped uh, for things that are avoidable. Like I know that um, IB outlet connections and stuff are that's like sort of just the way you have to do it, right? Um, I think for something like handing off data between segues, I would probably try to approach it with uh, a protocol of some sort, so that you have the safety of like. Like this, this thing cannot be nailed. Like it has to be there. Um, and if I can cast this particular um, view controller, the destination view controller, for example, as uh, this type of you know, thing, and then say like, "Yep, go ahead and you know like it has a configurable method or or configure with method or init with method. That's not like truly an init, but is more of a okay. This is additional setup that's required if you conform to this protocol. Um, I feel like that ends up adding a lot of the safety that you were looking for. But I, mm. I might have. Been missing the exact scenario that you were trying to
2: well, approach. What I was thinking of in, in particular is a case where uh, you might use you might use a single uh, a singleton for something. Right? There's so, there's something where it has to be available. It's created once and it has to be available in lots of places inside your app. Uh, and you know, so the old ways would be old way to be use a singleton. You know, and and for a lot of good reasons, singletons have a lot of advantages. But there's but there's some disadvantages too. Uh, so so. Uh, in many cases, rather than having a singleton, you want to just pass the single thing explicitly into whatever objects need it. Uh, so in that case where, where the object you're passing it into isn't going to own it, even the parent doesn't necessarily own it. It's owned you know, somewhere way upstream, at, you know, maybe in your app delegate or, or somewhere it's, you know, it's created at one time. Uh, and uh, and it, it has to exist for the app to function. So it just seems like kind of a convenience type of thing. But I, uh, yeah, yeah. And, like I said, I, I haven't I haven't started using it because it is kind of a drastic. It seems like kind of a drastic thing and and a and a dangerous path to go down, right? Well, I'm sure there are because,
1: people screaming at their phone right now, right,
2: right. Yeah, and especially if, if you have multiple developers who aren't really aware of why this is happening, uh, it's easy for someone to make a mistake and cause you know cause a problem by doing this kind of thing. So I, I haven't actually done that, but you know, it was something I was thinking of thinking about in the car uh on my commute one day
1: when you have nothing else to do when right? i got nothing
2: else to do exactly
0: yeah that that that's an area is a little tricky because i think i've i've handled it as i described but the protocol piece uh in other cases it may be more practical to say look like uh we're going to treat it as if you know, this is only um, just a parameter that's being passed in. It's, it's really the singleton, but we've you know we, we've made even the singleton itself conform to a protocol, so that uh, the receiving object does doesn't really know. It just knows that hey, this thing is you know some sort of data providing thing, and, and, and secretly, like we all know that hey, look, it's not practical to change the nature of the singleton nature, uh, you know, for business reasons, but we could change it, right? Um, and, and we've either handled it by by adding that protocol piece, so that in the future future when we do say, hey, you know, we've got this single instance or multiple instances, whatever the case may be, it's no longer singleton, but it's it's still being passed indirectly. Great. Or having it be uh, a default parameter for, uh, for the init, for example, of like, look, this is really no different than just magically grabbing the, um, the singleton like out of thin air, uh, as is pretty typical with them. But it has the niceness of it's not randomly on line 55 of this method. It's right there in the init. So somebody who's looking at the, um, the definition can say, oh, like this thing is totally important. And since it's there in the definition, it could be injected for things like tests or some sort of refactoring, this is hey, like we, we can ensure that this thing is going to get passed along rather than just sort of, like having to hope that the singleton is there. Yeah.
2: So so I think what you're suggesting would work really well for objects that you explicitly create yourself. So you are calling an init method. But what about the case in, in which case you don't have the issue of the property not being set before the init is complete? But but in the case where, of, say, a view controller that's loaded from a storyboard, how do you how would you handle that?
0: Um, maybe, and it, maybe with one am thing here, maybe with like a lazy var, so you've seen those, yeah. Those lazy vars that like uh, it can it can avoid being an optional property because it's guaranteed to exist by the time it's called the very first yeah, time. Yeah, that, that's an interesting idea. Actually, I've used that a lot for a yeah. UI view setup because it, mm-hmm. it it cleans it up. It makes it like look you know you know let this thing equal a button and here's this little closure that instantiates it and it's lazy var so it technically doesn't exist until I say oh uh, button dot text color is blue or something.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a very interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Again, your yep. mileage may vary. I'm yep. I'm not a lawyer, I'm not an engineer.
1: <laughs> depending on the country we're talking about, <laughs> <laughs> you just play one on a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Cool. All right. Well, I guess we'll move on to our picorama. Where's the notes here? Picorama. All right. So I guess I'll go first. So my pickup is it's actually kind of follow up, and it's also an interesting idea. It's almost push for pizza kind of idea. Um, so I, as I mentioned earlier, I think I, I took the day off, or maybe in the after show I mentioned it. I'm not sure. <laughs> Time is irrelevant in, in more than just code land. We we, we you know we, we travel through time and space and weird, weird orders weird orders here. Anyway, um, so last week we were talking about Amazon delivery in the States. So in Canada, we have Prime, and I think we have, I don't know if we have same-day delivery. We have, like, you know, next-day delivery, I think. You know, I can get the free one-day delivery if you have Prime, and, and that usually means if I order something, I'll get it tomorrow. But you guys were telling me last week that you have a same-day, like, one-hour delivery, if I'm not
0: Mistaken? prime now is what it is um prime prime now, now, you, you,
1: you pay a premium for it's like
0: seven or eight dollars i think for one hour delivery of um certain items that are in amazon's catalog right, presumably right. you know it, it's like oh are you in um zip code 90210 guess what like the yeah. things that are prime now available are whatever is in the closest warehouse uh to your your zip code versus your zip code is 98104 in the northwest right and you have a slightly different set of things that are you know Maybe maybe fewer surfboards and more North Face jackets or something for for my sure. neck of the woods.
1: Sure. So anyway, so last week I I was uh, I took the the Friday off and uh, I had some. So we have we have these uh, these. The, I, it used to be rail what we call railway ties, like you're basically a six by six foot lumber, dimensional lumber that's like twelve feet long, fifteen feet long. We have them sort of dividing. We have like a retaining wall of garden and, and steps down to our garage in the back of the house, and so we you know. 17, some 20 years ago or something like that, we we put in these ties. And over to, over time, the water and, you know, life and everything uh, has basically, the wood has started to rot. So I had to replace them. So I had to go to the local Home Depot, which for me is, you know, maybe a 10-minute walk from my house. But um, we're, we're down to a one-car family. And, of course, Carol was out with the car. So I had to go down to the Home Depot to see what they had available for me, right? And then I was going to see what they would charge to deliver. It or maybe I could get one of those, you know, $19 vans where you could, you know, put the stuff in the van yourself and then, um, have it, uh, you know, then, and then, you know, pay pay the, and you have to back, have the van back in four hours, but then you add insurance on and it ends up being like, you know, 40, 50 bucks by the time you get in there just to rent a van for a couple of hours. Plus, you have to pick up all the stuff and handle it yourself. And as I got to Home Depot and I went to look for the lumber, this truck was pulling in and, and on the side of it, it said Rental Run and it was a big, you know, Van like it's the van size van, a long one, but with a high roof, right? And uh, I, you know, big. It said, you know, download the app, and I thought, well, what the hell is this, right? And so, what it is is a company that started up in Montreal, and it's now uh, has a branch here in Toronto. Um, so, when you sign up for the app, you choose either either Ontario or Quebec, and they will basically deliver construction materials to your site. And I'm doing air quotes here uh, within two hours, right? So and it's basically the first time you use it, it's free, right? And then after that, it's forty-five dollars per shipment. But you can fill their truck for um, for sixty-five dollars Canadian, right? So that's probably you know it's like probably forty or it's probably like uh, forty-five dollars U.S. to fill the truck. Um, interesting idea. So you know if if I wanted to get a skid of pea gravel, which would weigh several tons, they will deliver those to, it. And, and you know a nice guy comes with the. Uh, with the truck and uh, delivers stuff and, and, and in my case, like you know, I didn't have to carry the the lumber into the into the backyard. He even he even brought it right into the backyard for me, right? So I bought like you know several pieces of this wood and a bunch of bags of pea gravel. Um, yeah, and it was like at my house within two minutes. So it's the service basically you go into this, it's kind of web appy uh, app. You go in and you and you look at the you have all the Home Depot stuff available to you. You just go through and pick what you want, and uh, from the from their catalog and you you know it's all divided into different categories and you um, you pick out what you want i mean in, in the case of my in my case i picked up some nails with the wrong nails i have to go back and you know get the right nails but uh, everything else was fine like the, the lumber was delivered to my house no problem um, and what happens is they you know they call you back or they text you back you know they called me back to confirm the order and then they just the rest of the conversations were happened via text and you know got a text saying the guy's going to be here in 15 minutes and i went out into the backyard met the guy and yeah, he brought it in, and that's it. It's you know, it's all billed to your Visa card, so there's no money. It's kind of like it's Uber Eats for construction materials, essentially, mm-hmm. right? So kind of interesting idea. It's it yeah. was kind of cool.
2: And according to the website, they bring in free coffee too, right?
1: Yeah, I didn't get the coffee though. I, got, I, I that's my one complaint
2: about it. So mm. is it Tim? Is it Tim Hortons coffee? Do you know?
1: Yeah, you know, you know, we should. Here, here's a little sidebar on Tim Hortons. You know, I didn't didn't realize this until because we've been talking about Tim Hortons on this show for a long, long time. But Tim Hortons is no longer Canadian owned. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. that. Tell us more. Yeah, they they got bought. They so they bought Wendy's. You know Wendy's hamburgers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I don't know if it applies. to you yeah, have Wendy's in the states? Right. Oh, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know if Tim Hortons bought all of Wendy's or just the Canadian franchise part of it or whatever. But yeah, so Tim Hortons and Wendy's have been cahoots. So like you know we go around the, around the the province you'll see you know like a a double store where it's tim hortons and and uh, wendy's together but yeah though apparently they were they were bought by uh, they used to be out of oakville ontario which is where i used to live so look here tim hortons real-time follow-up folks i think it's a Brazilian company or something like that of course i go to their website that's not what i wanted first tim hortons was canadian he's a hockey player uh owner let's try that Hundred thousand employees not too small not too shy
0: oh yeah i found an article here that said that wendy's owned Tim Hortons for 11 years and then spun it off. This was prior to the Burger King. I can't remember if that was merger? a merger or an acquisition.
1: Oh, so it was the other way around. they I it backwards? Okay. I
0: don't know. This article wasn't very helpful.
1: Well, it says here that they merged with Wendy's in 92, 90 to 95, and then in 2002 they regained independence. Um, and then they had to bend the knee. They on were August 26,
0: 2014, Burger King agreed to purchase Tim Hortons. I thought it was a, a merger oh. there. They had to bend the knee. Oh, yeah, there you go. And then now I see the Brazilian thing you're talking about. So the chain became a subsidiary of the Oakville-based holding company Restaurant Band, Restaurant Brands International, right. yeah. which is majority owned by Brazilian
1: investment firm 3G Capital. Oh, so it still is owned out of out of Oakville, but it's but it's a but that company is owned by uh, Brazilian Brazilian interests. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Anyway, that's uh, a sad story of Tim Hortons. Um, my coming back to Yeah, so this this uh, my pick is uh Rental Run. Did I even mention that? Rental Run, so renorun.ca. I don't know if they plan Expanding to the states or anything like that, but um, yeah, interesting service. I mean, really timely for me because, like, you know, I walked down there without without a car, and you know, I didn't even have to walk down there. I could have just loaded downloaded the app and and bought the wood and from the comfort of my own desktop or hmm. backyard or device. what have you? Well, that's my pick.
0: I think a couple of things there. One is that uh, their website seems to be sort of focusing towards more uh, contractors. especially with the free you know fresh coffee for your whole crew so they're not grumpy they're you know more productive and happy you know 8 a.m on the job um so it's, it's interesting to hear that it's you found it useful even as a as an individual As homeowner, owner.
1: yeah, yeah, I did, I did put my company name down when I when I registered. <laughs> but um, I mean, what's interesting though is like even even if I was doing a contracting thing, like I can't tell you the number of times I've done like been doing work at, at a friend's house or my son's house or something like that. And You're like, oh, I got to run to Home Depot and get another couple of sheets of drywall or something like that, or I need some more nails, what have you. But this this would be kind. Of, this is kind of like a gopher that you just you know you have your app and you just uh, send them out to get stuff, right? And so yeah, good. it's a real. I think it's a really cool idea.
0: Yeah, the second thing i found interesting was the pronunciation of reno instead of uh, i read that as reno like Renault, I, I Nevada, place, yeah, reno Nevada. Place you can go yeah. gamble yep oh uh, really is uh, it is it named after something in in renovate- Canadian renovate- areas? renovation renovation
1: renovation yeah okay there you go yeah, no, yeah that makes more sense renovation runner yeah essentially yeah it's cool Maybe anyway, that's my pick nice you got something there Maheime? yes
0: this is a uh, blog post by mark palmer a uh, self-proclaimed ios developer and product designer It's called uh, Hacking My Shell Prompt. So I make fewer mistakes working with Xcode projects. So he shows some... some nifty things you can do with pretty much what you've already got available in your your terminal uh, by making some changes to your um, bash profile and using a little bit of his uh, script here for checking your like your git status Uh, like you know what branch am I on is it you know up to date is it is it dirty have I committed something but not pushed Um, and also if you're in the uh, season of of xcode betas and you're like why won't this stupid thing work oh that's right I need to do xcode so because I'm using the wrong version of Xcode, uh, also there's some parsing of your uh, your Xcode select. So if you're you know switching in between one of the Xcode 10 betas, but you need to go back to your normal stuff for Xcode 9.3, this has has saved me uh, already minutes, if not hours, of, of heartache and pain by oh my dang it, I was on the wrong branch or whoops, I was using the wrong version of Xcode. I need to use this other one. It's pretty nice. It, it you can tweak certain things, you know, make the color a little less obtrusive, you know, not have the little emoji if you don't want. And he also links to um, a site called easyprompt.net, which is uh, a totally unrelated site that lets you sort of uh, configure your own sort of thing. You be like, well, I'd like to show the current directory and I'd kind of like the background of this thing to be green or for this thing to have certain text around it. And it pumps out the stuff that you would need to put into your bash profile to to make your, your uh, command line prompt environment just a, a little bit nicer and easier to deal with. Interesting.
1: So you you've used this yourself, or
0: yeah, not not for very long, maybe a couple of weeks, but it already felt so much more productive just to you know be in a, on a command prompt and be like, which branch am I on? You know, before I uh, go make a branch or try to do some commits and realize, oops, I'm on develop branch. That was dumb. I'm going to have to go go back in go time,
2: revert. Remember what you did, or or stash your changes and then change branches and then unstash them. Yeah,
0: yeah. Depending on whether you've pushed or not, right? And so that's that's the sort of thing where you know I've lucked out a few times. Like, well. Let me just go back, make a separate branch, move that over, and then I'm good. If you if you push to develop, then it gets a little bit more painful. Mm-hmm. Very cool.
2: Me too. Uh, what's next? Uh, so I have a pick, uh, which is a an app that I stumbled upon. Uh, it's actually not a it's not a very new app. It's been around for a long time, but I just I just found out about it. And, and it's a pretty simple app uh, for testing out your uh, H uh, HTTP type connections. It's called Rested, mm-hmm. uh, and it's available for free on the Mac App Store, which is great. And it's it's a real simple thing. It's just a a little GUI where you can put in a URL and set up uh, just set up your calls. You can it, it has a nice interface where you can enter parameters uh, and give them values, and choose to send them as JSON or as form data. Uh, and uh, you know, you just set up all your calls and, and hit send, and boom, it shows you what the response is, and, and including all the headers and everything. Uh, so it's a real just quick and dirty way to test out calls. You know, if something isn't isn't working right with your server, and and you're getting weird results back. It's it's a simple way to just uh, do some quick testing. It has authentication too. That you you can built in uh, to mm-hmm. have it, uh, you know, authenticate the calls. Just it, it it's simple and it, and it works great.
1: Sounds awfully familiar.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's pro- it's been around for a long time, so probably lots of people have used it. I just had never stumbled upon it. It's kind of like you might be thinking. We talked a, a while back about PA, which is a similar yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Which which, granted, has a lot. It's a lot more full featured for sure, uh, mm-hmm. but it's not free. Right, right. So this this one's free and very simple to use. You can test out rest calls and stuff like that. Is that the idea? Yep, yep. You Just can yep. You just uh, set up the call in a a simple GUI and and hit a button, and it makes the call, and you get the results back.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I I was also reminded of Paul, which I looked on this on their website and it is paul is 4999 US yep. uh single user license and I'm just gonna read one of these or part of this reviews here because I, I totally get the value of rested here. Um mm-hmm. uh, Richard too says I usually just use curl but this app makes it easier to test requests that are more complex without having to fiddle around with curl syntax and URL encoding. Exactly. Just plug in the data and press and send. Yep. So I, I could definitely see adding this to my tool set. You know I yeah. uh, use Visual Studio Code a lot to do text editing but sometimes I need something beefier like Xcode or sometimes something just even smaller and, and lighter weight like I don't know text editor text wrangler or something just depending on, on the need so I could see cool. that adding this especially at the, uh, the low low price of free, oh, free. Yeah. To, <laughs> that's the, that's <laughs> the <whole best>
2: part
1: <laughs> yeah alright cool alright well I guess that's it for the week right so hey how many people want to get in touch with you where do they do that I'm on Twitter as at dev of the hair and Mark if people want to get in touch with you
2: markr at Smapsoft.com.
1: alright and I Timitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A, on the Twitcher machine, and that's the best way to get hold of me. So I guess until next week, we'll say bye-bye. Bye. 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 This has been another episode of the More Than Just Code podcast. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at mtjc underscore podcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskMTJC. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash mtjc. You can find out details on how to help us out on the website mtjc.fm slash sponsor us. Now, stick around for the after show, and thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
2: Well, these,
1: now now that you've gone down that rabbit hole, oh, I gotta show you this picture here. You know, let me just grab this picture. Can I save this picture to the desktop? So I, I know we don't talk better. about politics on our show, but but you see this picture in this that I've got there? Zoom in on it. Oh, it's not very, can you zoom in? Yeah. Yeah, is zoom. that you? It's low, kind of low res. So the guy just in front of the, the flowers, the guy with the flowers in his hand, that's Prime Minister Trudeau. Oh, yeah. And the guy behind the Secret Service guy with the hat on and the MTJC sticker on his phone—that's me. Mm-hmm. This is like two seconds after I just shook Trudeau's hand.
2: I can't tell it's an MTJC sticker. At well, this it race. is,
1: and it, actually, if you go to the, if you go to the Robert Planter interview on the Strombo show, you can see the same guy with the same hat on, holding up an MTJC sticker stuck to the back of his phone as well as he's you know periscoping or taking pictures of Robert. Planter. Only
2: in that case, it's not you.
1: No, that, in the next case, it is me. And Jonathan's sitting next <laughs> to me, so yeah. <laughs> That's cool though, eh? Yeah, it's not every yeah. day you get to lead the, you meet the leader of your country. Because <laughs> no, I heard, I heard. Well, we just had the Danforth shooting, which is just literally up the street from my house, right? So, um, I, you know, I was on my way. I, was, I had I was, I was, had taken the day off Monday. I took Monday, I took the weekend off and the Friday and the Monday because Carol and I were going to go to Halifax for a wedding. Long story short, didn't happen. So I ended up having two two staycation days, right? And um, huh. so I had heard that he was coming to. So the funerals for the two. People that died were on Monday, and so he, Trudeau, uh, I think the deputy pr- uh, premier and the and the premier of the province, uh, Doug Ford, were going to the to the thing, as well as the mayor of Toronto. We're going to the to the uh, funerals to pay their respects. And then uh, Trudeau was coming to the top of my street, where right across the street from my, my bank, right, to lay a wreath. Where there's like a you know people have been putting candles and flowers and stuff all week, right? Um, but I had heard he was going to be coming and then I was listening to the radio and I thought I was going to miss him and then they said he's going to be there at 12.30 So, and it was 12 and I had a do- an appointment with Mac at the vet for 1pm so we, we walked up to there and to the park and I didn't see any signs of anybody and there was a whole bunch of people milling around so I started walking um, west towards the, the vet's office and that's where the entre- Trudeau's entourage had stopped and he was got out of the car and he was going up and down the street talking to business people and shaking people's hands and stuff, right? And so I stood there waiting. You know, I stood there and I step on Max leash when I don't want him to jump up on people. And I stood there, and the Secret Service guy came over to me, and said, "Can you move to the side, like away from the sidewalk? Because you know, get me out of the way." Because they didn't, because I had the dog with me, they didn't want you know, they wanted Trudeau to have to walk around the dog or whatever, right? Because you never know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so as he was walking by, I just kind of went, "Hey!" And uh, and he turned and looked at me, and I said, "Hey, nice to meet you," and I stuck my hand out and shook his hand.
2: So wow.
1: yeah, I got to got to meet the Prime Minister.
2: Yeah, you probably. Had a uh, a little red dot trained on your forehead as you're doing
1: that. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Well, I don't know. It's 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 a yeah. It's a different country, my friend. Um, Well, that's true. (laughs) And I and I I saw his uh, I saw his uh, father in the '70s speak at a at a local mall near us because I guess he came to do I don't don't know maybe he was campaigning or something. I don't even remember what he said. And he was like you know, and we were like it was like the cheap seats at a concert. You know, he was miles and miles away. I mean, I could see him clearly, you know, but uh, couldn't get anywhere near. 'cause it was a huge crowd. So and then I followed Trudeau and, and he was you know talking in the crowd and of course I don't know if you've ever watched anything being filmed for television. You really can't hear the people talking. You have to wait till it broadcasts later on. And so, this picture that I posted in, in, um, uh, it, like, you can see pictures of Trudeau at the event, and I was actually behind him because he just shaken my hand, right? So, but in this particular shot, I was actually periscoping um, him walking in the street when when this picture was taken. So, if you go to my periscope account, you can see the other, you can see my perspective on it, right? But yeah, this is this is published in uh, BugTO's, um Instagram account. Or some guy named Howard, Howard Rideout published it there. So yeah, just around the corner from where I live. Cool. And actually, I think on the on the TV uh, broadcast, uh, I show up on there too. Oh,
2: cool. Your, your fifteen minutes of fame.
1: My fifteen. Oh, I've had several fifteen minutes of fame. Hmm. Yeah, I was on TV when I was like a, like a little kid too. Doing what? Um, well, it was on CBC. There was I don't know. They came to our school for some reason, and and I was the cute little kid with the English accent, I guess, because mm-hmm. I just I just came from Eng- England, like you know, six months or three months before that. And we were gonna sing a song or whatever and so my job was to stand up and say, We're gonna sing Frera Jaca and then you know the class breaks into Frera Jaca and Yeah. So but that's lost in the annals of time. I don't know where the footage for that is. I did see it at that evening we watched it on the news, my parents and, and I watched yeah, it. That's
2: before the days where everything shows up on the internet is and is there forever.
1: Yeah. Well I mean it's funny because I, I know that that like this is this is the CBC too, right? And so I know a lot of their stuff has been archived. So God knows it may it may actually be somewhere. For all I know, right? Mind you, that was like 1966. So who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's probably you know <laughs> before they had digital backup for sure. Yeah, cool. That was before I was born, Tim. 1966. Yep. Yeah, I know. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny. I was talking to one of the ladies at work. She's uh, she's one of our. Um, She's our b a which is like the business side of business analyst for our for one of our projects and uh, I had just sort of mentioned what did I mentioned to her i said to, oh I said my sister met John Beliveau once, and she went, I think I read about him in my history book,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which was just priceless, thanks for that you know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm already well, already feeling old and you know <laughs> more
2: more than uh
1: no, I know what you mean like I think my in my uh i mean well let I me, mean, the average age of a developers to what twenty six twenty eight something like that I guess. Is that what, what uh, they say? So yeah, we're we're all over the hill, including Jaime. So you know. <laughs> We look forward to next year having true millennium uh, people
0: becoming uh, adults, right? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you celebrate celebrated right? in 2000, but really the millennium started in 2001. Um, and I feel really old thinking, oh my gosh, those yeah. those people born that year will be 18, 2019.
1: Mm. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that, actually. Thanks for that. I mean, that's really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have like, uh, two Sundays from now as we record will be, will be my next birthday. Let's just put it that, put it there and leave it there. Yeah.
2: Let me, let me think about that. Is it, uh, is it, is it the big one?
1: No, 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 no. That's, that's two, two years away. Okay. 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 No, no, I mean, like I said, I think I, I think I mentioned before that I didn't realize that I actually hadn't shipped my first app until I was 50. Wow. Or very close. It was, I think it was very close because we shipped, uh, we shipped two life in August of the year that the iPhone, iPad came out, which is 2010, so, yeah. It's ironic that I wrote that article on, I mean, from my perspective, because I don't think of myself as being that old, you know, like, um, uh, when I wrote the article about, you know, learning after, after 50, like, yeah. You know, I've, I've never stopped learning, so I don't know what the issue was. And, you know, when I wrote the article, even still.
2: Right? Yeah, I, I don't, I just turned 50. I don't, I don't, uh, this year? Yeah, yeah. Woo! Yeah, no, I'm not cheering about it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. But, yeah. uh, yeah, I don't, I don't feel that old, but apparently I am.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny, like, like I said, I went to that, I don't know if I mentioned on the show, but I went to that, reun- that high school reunion thing, which was, which was surprisingly fun. And I've hooked up or met, met up with, uh, with three or four of my friends from back then. and it was inter- interesting catching up with them, and and it's been like f- literally, literally like forty years since I, because I moved away from Toronto um, in my twelfth year, right? So grade twelve, yeah, which is our second at the time was our second last uh, year before university. So yeah, I think we we uh, we used to go one more year than you guys. You guys go to university when you're eighteen in the states, Well, yeah. So you have four years of high school or three? Four years. Four years. Of high yeah, we used to have five years of high school in in Canada or in in Ontario anyway, but they got rid of that one. Actually, my nephew. Justin, who is now I think he's 32 or 33. He was the last year where they where they they, they didn't have uh, the grade 13. So mm-hmm. yeah, they called it double cohort because you know twice as many kids would be getting into uh, university or yeah going to university and college at the same time. So there would be like less seats for people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So how did how did they do that? Didn't the graduating seniors or the the graduating four year types have a year less of classes and training and stuff?
1: Yeah, I think they they I think they must have changed the curriculum like. Of course, I wasn't in school at the time, Mark. But um, I think they changed the curriculum. I they, they think they probably upped the ante and like, like so. We had this OAC; it was called OAC, um, and I forget what that stands for. But uh, but it was it was called Grade Thirteen, and Grade Thirteen was like if you were if you were just going to go to high school and go get a job, you went as far as Grade Twelve. Some people have been dropped out at Eleven because you could drop out at sixteen in Canada, right? And just go get a job, right? But if you were going to go to university or college, you had this... This one last year of preparation and so the the style of teaching was very different like you know they would instead of you know giving you your assignments and getting you know get, getting your homework and making sure you did your homework and stuff like that they started to treat you more like an adult where you would you would be given here's the assi- here's the expected reading you know and you need to you need to have this done and we'll have a test you know at the end of the week and um, it was more like lecture style than, than traditional high school was, I guess. So to get you ready for university, because when you get to university, you pay them your know, $20,000 a year or whatever. They don't give a crap what you do when you get there. Right. You know, you, you pick your courses, they, they give you what the reading, reading, reading list is. And, and they tell you when your assignments are due. And if you don't do it, it's on you. Right. Mm. And, and that's a different attitude than in high school where, you know, you have, you're expected to do the work and expected to, you know, turn in your work on time and you your you uh, chastised or punished or whatever if you don't do it right whereas in university they got your money they're laughing right they don't care <laughs> you know I, I just remember that being the mindset that somebody explained to me you know if you go to college or university the professors don't care if you don't do the work right mm-hmm. they're not gonna they're not gonna hound you for
2: it in other words right it's not like in high school where they're kind of babysitting you for sure
1: yeah yeah and and so so when you go th- when you guys go through um, high school to college like you you guys do your your years differently like don't you have sophomore and what do you call your your different years? In, 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 high, in high school? In high school,
2: it's freshman, sophomore,
1: junior, senior. Junior, senior. Oh, oh, so junior is the third year. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so we we had the, we basically be 9, 10, 11, and 12 for us. So same yeah, idea. So the
2: numbers are the same. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah so, but I, but it's funny though, kids start school a lot earlier now. Like um, my granddaughter is just turned three, but she's been in school for at least a year now, like half a day. So, and she's doing French immersion. So she's basically going to school in French. Right. Yeah. And, um, but she, yeah, she's been doing, you know, a couple of days a week for, since she was about two and a half. I didn't start school till, I mean, I went to nursery school when I was a kid, but it wasn't really, wasn't, uh, it wasn't that hard. I just remember having lots of naps and milk and, you know, (laughs) I don't remember we did any work. Right. And then other than maybe learning our ABCs and one, two threes and stuff, but yeah, um, mostly socializing you to get you to understand that there
0: are other small humans just like you. Yeah. (laughs) When you you start learning how to deal with, with other people in group, and politics and everything yeah
1: yeah and then we so then we had a kindergarten year which I, I think kindergarten was just to make sure that you, you got the ABCs and the one two threes and the days of the week and stuff like that down pat right and you could tie your shoes and whatever and, you know go to the bathroom by yourself and things like that right and then and then um grade one was where you where you actually started sitting at a desk and you know that all that whole sort of stuff right the, Yeah,
2: kindergarten was a half day for us when I was a kid and then first yeah and
1: day, I think so and all day. so they've changed that recently here in in, in ontario anyway it's um it it went to a full day probably about three or four years ago which i think was a big change for a lot of kids right so
0: i don't understand the um the push for that so let's see i don't think preschool was really like a thing when i you know started school not to say that it didn't exist but it was more like well you know if the parents want to pay for it and it's kind of optional um so i started school i know at five in in kindergarten um somewhere along the way i don't know by the time i was in high school or college it was a lot more common to be like oh yeah you get, you you pretty much should put your kids through your preschool uh, yeah, and there seems yeah. to be this continuous if, like,
2: it, it, like it was the same way when i was a kid i wonder if it's if it's because there are more you know, two parents working couples now so it makes life actually a lot easier if you put your kid in, in nursery school
1: yeah and, and daycare is expensive too that's yeah. another option too yeah. like i think a lot of like that's a big it's funny thing like about about and now it's like waiting lists like i almost almost joke that you before you ask a girl out on the first you should plan, you know, what school they're going to go to, right? <laughs> you know? It's almost that bad, you know? So... So, yeah. you gotta, so you gotta
2: get into the right uh, nursery school so you can get into the right private school so you can get into the right college right well no and
1: it's true it, it, literally there's there's like there's a good French uh, we have a Montessori system here and you may have it in the states I don't know mm-hmm. but yep. so it's sort of an it's not the mainstream thing it's sort of a, a different kind of kind of learning but um, there's a couple of French schools you know and people will move house to go to be able to, to be in the zone to go to that school mm. or they'll they'll register the kid at their or you know uncle's address or whatever to, if they're you know within the range of of getting uh, getting a kid into a class right so yeah weird and then of course you know we had when I was growing up you know my mother is Catholic so we had for a number of years we went to separate schools, so we, what they call separate school here in, in Ontario which is which is the like you have the public school and then you had the separate school was was Catholic and it had a different different school board and you know different curriculum and stuff like that. Um, I went to a private school for a couple of years too. I won a scholarship to go to Ridley College in St. Catharines, so which was lots of fun. It was all you know, a lot of sports and you know, but it was a long day. We went from eight in the morning till five in the afternoon. So, but with a, like a two-hour break for sports, which I sucked at, by the way, just for the record. <laughs> Except for hockey. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough about the lower education, I guess. Right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Should we do a show?
1: Yeah, let's do a show.
0: Or, all right, let's. Or do was th- that
2: the show? That was the show. That was that's <laughs> the after show.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: just getting that uh that slow roll you know like i don't jump out of bed i'm like you know yeah. kind of groggily get up and I'm like you know it doesn't hurt to see what's what's going on on twitter you know
1: <laughs> should i get out of bed today or is it going to be a, a day where like
0: eh, maybe i just stay, stay.
1: oh because you're you're home you're working from home now right yeah yeah so my, <laughs> my lifestyle is
0: a little different now um you know, I could start super early or I can pop out of bed right before my first meeting. It, it doesn't really matter yeah. so much.
1: Well, do you find, do you find that you're, you stay up later or you work later now that you're, you're not really got the commute to deal with and all that stuff?
0: I definitely work a little bit later, but that's kind of counterbalanced by being able to take a break midday and do laundry or uh, run out and do an errand and other stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's more like it spreads out the, the kind of work. And so I I try to figure out like, mm, am I really in a situation where I can do, you know, an hour or to of dedicated head down time if not all right maybe I'll do some lightweight stuff and then do a task uh, like personal yeah. task and then come back to the stuff later even if it's uh, you know post dinner or something
1: yeah well Where- I used to take the dog for a walk at like 11 and that would be like an hour and then toodle around and in the afternoon I don't know if I just drunk I didn't don't think I'd jump right back into it but then I would start working again back at 8 p.m and you know go till whenever so uh, it was pretty pretty much of a drain and it was like seven days a week so I didn't know yeah. what weekends were
2: <laughs> yeah I would i would work routine, routinely pretty late you know certainly past midnight yeah 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 for sure, for sure. i had this guy yeah. in canada who used to keep me up all awake all, all night working on stuff
1: really till three in the morning <laughs> till three in the morning yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh just one more thing mark how about this yeah. uh yeah <laughs> yeah no you the advantage for you, you 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 were i used to always wonder like if is he around can i text him or and that was before before we had skype and all that kind of stuff too right that's true. How did, yeah. we, how did we get in touch with each other? Remember, we used three? to
2: have we used to use uh, iMessage.
1: Yeah, IChat. Called, yeah,
2: IChat. And yeah. Yeah. every single time, it it was a hassle to get it working. Yeah,
1: yeah. But how did we start though? Because we must have had a way of communicating. It was before Slack.
2: IChat. It was IChat, right?
1: Oh, we started in oh, getting the video going was always a hassle, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Cause yeah, because you and I both had. I had my my mobile me account, and then I had my Apple ID account, and you had. you know, I think it was AOL we used to use, right? Back yeah, in the day? But, like yeah. Cause I think E-world, it yeah,
2: service, was, just, but it, we used those, the, the, was it Jabber or something like that, that I used,
1: uh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So I always had two accounts for Mark and I never knew which one to hit them up on. And yeah. one has a baseball icon. I think if I'm not mistaken, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was amazing that it worked. You know, let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and so when I was doing tech support, I could also take over other people's computers. I would hook up on, on, uh, iChat with them and then I could actually go in and control I used to use a third party tool actually from Germany as well that let me take control of their computer and move things around and freak them out. Right. So yeah. yeah I mean, I would, I would basically, Hey, Mark, I got to let the dog out. And I'd, I'd let the dog out and Mark would be like tapping away on my keyboard and yeah. writing code in my Xcode. And <laughs> it must have been pretty slow.
2: It was Slow, yeah. It was slow. Right. All right. But it was good. Those
1: were the days. Those were the days. Those were the heady, heady, you know, getting apps done, shipping apps and stuff. Yep. So speaking of the shipping apps, so, so do we should we just go through this stuff? There's not a lot here, right? Sure. Yeah. I didn't see any uh, ask MTJC except for maybe your own? My own, yes. So yeah, it was interesting. Like I have this app called um Tweet which is like a, gives me a lets me go back and look at my tweets from bygone days and uh this year I actually had one that was eight years old and I had tweeted that um, you know I was really enjoying working with the uh, I was falling in love with the iPhone 4 I think it was the day I got it or around that time so it was it around this time of year I guess that uh, the iPhone 4 shipped August 1st that sounded about right they did use to it. ship in like summertime-ish before yeah, they moved it to the, the fall yeah
2: yeah, that was a long time ago.
1: Let's hit the Wikipedia here. Yeah, they would announce. The, yeah, because I, I think uh, I, I was at that. I was at that WWDC uh, eight years ago. Would have been 2012, right? Uh, that was the one. That was the infamous one where where Steve Jobs tried to do the demo and he couldn't because there were too many people using Wi-Fi devices and oh, chewing right. up all the bandwidth. Bandwidth. Eight yeah. years ago
2: would have been 2010. Okay, <laughs> yeah, no,
1: two, yeah. So that was I think 2010 was the first um, first one I went to. So let's see when was the iPhone 4 released? iPhone 4. Yeah, June Release date was June twenty first, twenty ten. Hmm. So why why would I be talking about maybe I didn't get it till august first?
0: Yeah, I mean depending on availability, either you know, manufacturing constraints or did did they release it in Canada the same day? I mean it's kind of a thing where they're adding more and more countries at initial launch, but you know, that's been an additive thing over the last several years.
1: Well the original iPhone never shipped here, right? The, the original um OG, you know, Gorilla Silverback um, never I mean we have them, but we had to go down to the state and bring them and unlock them, and, and you know tell Rogers we were using a Telus device or something like that, or not a Telus, a Trio, Palm Trio. Um, but the three G was the first phone to ship in Canada. That was twenty two thousand eight, and then, you know, then we had the three Gs and the four. Yeah, it was twenty ten. Yeah, but twenty ten was the first year I went to WWC for sure. So interesting. Hmm, yeah. What do you know? Um, I guess I can go back onto my Apple Records and figure it out. But there you go. That was my ask MTJC, So I just retweeted that today, and you know, got got some love from people. Not many, but some people noticed. So I was playing around with uh, doing some stuff for a friend of mine. Um, hadn't spoken to her in years, so I wanted to send her some pictures of me and stuff like that. So I was looking in the the Photos app. I don't know if you guys have played around with the Photos app recently. Um, you know how they have that the, the faces face identifier routine thing. You know they have the people thing, and you can you can do it on your phone. You can do it on your Mac, but it's been particularly buggy lately. So you guys have never tried it out. I, I actually Sorry. haven't. Sorry? Try out what? Try out what? Try out the the face recognition where it'll go through your it'll go. Through through your photos and it'll identify people, like whether they're famous people or, or just relatives and stuff like that, right? Um, and it just sort of seems to take forever. Like it says uh, people will finish uploading when photos are in the background. Well, I guess does photos have to be open but in the background? Or what is the story? And then on the phone, it says the same thing. Like, you know, if you have it on your phone, it says it'll, it'll finish when you, I guess when you background the app. But I don't understand. Or no, you have to lock the phone in order for photos to work on the, on the, uh, the facial recognition stuff on um, your device your hand device they're not using uh, um, core ml yet or you know whatever um, and I don't know why because we've had it for at least a year now right but yeah it's it's you know like you put a, you put like five or ten pictures in, or you take five or ten pictures of, of the same person you've already got cataloged and it doesn't necessarily start cataloging them into the thing right away so I find it kind of kind of buggy in that sense you know mm-hmm. yeah and then once you've got them all, all, all cataloged you, you get these little uh, little slideshows you can play and throw them off Facebook or whatever, neat stuff. And that's my story about photos. But I just, I just wondered if you guys had even looked at looked at it because no, I never have. And uh, like I think there was an update uh, a couple of days ago, which seemed to make some things better on the Mac anyway. But uh, I just find it find it oddly, surprisingly weird from an app for, as an Apple product goes. You know that it just refuses to do. Ju- like you, you can add more more people. There's like a button here you say confirm additional photos, and it just pops up and says there's no more photos, even though I know I just put some in. Right? <laughs> Very strange. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it used to be that you could you could pick up, like, random people and just sort of say, okay, well, figure who this per- Give the person a name, and then off you go, right? But now it just seems to be, like, according to this app, I have 113 people on my phone, and that's all there is to it. There's no more people to be added, hmm. which is, as you know, you know, take a picture of a crowd, you got a crowd, right? <laughs> Very strange.
2: Another question is, can it recognize, uh, uh, what's his name, Justin Trudeau?
1: Um... Yeah, I think so. I don't have, I don't have any, I only have, I have a picture of his back because, you know, as he walked away from me, I didn't have my camera in my hand, right? Oh. So, or actually I did have it in my hand, but I was kind of wrangling the dog at the same time. It's interesting. It recognizes my dog too, right? Macintosh. So it used to have a hard time with, with uh, animal faces, but seems to work with them now. Yeah. Weird. Huh. Very strange. Like here, like, okay, I'm looking at a picture of my dog and the Pink Floyd album cover comes up. Wish you were here. Thinking that's my dog. No. Or maybe that's a, oh, that's a memory, I guess, not a, not a memories. Yeah. Interesting. I just found a picture here. At one point in time, I had...
2: Did I mention I went to a Jackson Brown concert last night?
1: You, I think you mentioned you were going to go to see Jackson Brown. How did that go? It was,
2: it was really good. Really good. Uh, the sound in the venue wasn't the greatest. Uh, I've been to this venue before, and it's it's not the best sound. It was a little, little bit muddy, but really great show. The only downside was he didn't play uh, the song uh, The Loadout. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, He didn't play that. Yeah. Or, or run in, did he play Running on Empty? He did play Running on Empty. He played pretty much everything else you would expect him to play. Um Some-
1: eagle tunes as well
2: take it easy yeah. Oh, yeah uh did he write that one yeah he wrote that yeah okay yeah and he you know he played the pretender and uh, uh doctor my eyes he didn't play lawyers in love uh-huh. um but he played got uh she's got to be somebody's baby um so yeah so pretty much everything you'd expect well except i guess lawyers in love and and the loadout but it was still a fantastic show uh-huh. wow. yeah so i recommend it
1: so i'm going to see david byrne on um friday
2: yeah he's coming around here too i thought about going but i'm probably not going to go
1: yeah and i saw do you know David Cross is comedian.
2: Yeah, yeah, hilarious. Yeah, he was funny. Yeah. From um both the rest of development and uh and uh well what was the show he did with Bob Odenkirk? Mr. Show. Mr. Show, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: He was he was pretty funny and uh yeah. We can't talk about part of his routine and I think you know why. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm sure, yeah, yeah. Bob Odenkirk for people who don't know is is uh Better Call uh, Saul. Better call Saul, yeah, Saul Goodman. Is that
1: that starts today? Oh no, it starts Monday. That's oh, Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm glad you remind, you mentioned this Get the PVR going, there, yeah, Mark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I have I have all my. It's, it's funny. They, I guess, they show them at the same time. So I, I do check my PVR when these shows come back on the air. Mm. And uh, yeah, there's a new um, cel- serial killer mystery with uh, Sandra O. Oh, you know, from um, huh. Grey's Anatomy. Yep. And I think she's Vancouver's own, Calgary's own Sandra O. Oh. Yeah. So
2: does she play the serial killer or the person hunting? No, the-
1: she plays the. She plays a. Um, I'm not sure what. She's a uh, she's in Paris as a American in Par- well she's playing an American but she's clearly got a Canadian accent. Um, but she's playing uh, like a I don't know if she's an investigator or what have you or because somehow she she gets she figures out that this this uh, serial killer is, is running or killer is running around and you know she ends up getting fired and, and another agency hires her because they believe they they're, they've been looking for the same person right so hmm. that's that's the plot at the beginning so and and the, the serial killer is actually re- very entertaining. Um, young lady is the killer, and her methods are, are— dispatching her assignments are interesting. So, but typical, you know, she's got that whole— um, uh, what do you call it? When the uh, um, pathological, you know, not not pathological. What do you call it when when you know they have no remorse? Uh, psychotic.
2: So, so uh, sociopath.
1: Sociopath. So she got that whole you know thing down, right? You know, she just she cares about the the assignment, but she doesn't care about the people or the you know collateral damage and that kind of stuff, right? So. Hmm interesting interesting movie or tv show i guess and there's something else i'm watching too that just started uh, hmm, don't know don't know really so i had a friend of mine discover spotcast the other day so i was listening to our last episode jaime which is oh, nice. why i tweeted about it today I thought it was related to the impending uh, Blu-ray release of. uh, It is. I mean, I I used that opportunity, but I, but I, you know, I just wanted to listen to the last episode, and and we gave ourselves a lot of homework in the last episode. We said there's a lot of fact checking we need to do, so just a reminder, we should we should uh, crank that guy up soon too, right? Or uh, what? What summer blockbusters have you seen, or whatever? Or have you, have you been too busy moving?
0: <laughs> too busy moving. The only the only thing I've seen uh, that did really well, but I wouldn't call it a summer movie nor a blockbuster. I think is uh, a Quiet Place. Uh, which was that? That's the one with uh, John Krasinski from The Office and Emily Blunt.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Have to be, I saw him like, interviewed by Silence. Yeah. yeah, they'd yeah.
0: have to be silent, otherwise the uh, monsters will kill them. It was done on a really small budget and made a ton of money.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I think the two of them made it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think he was Producer or, producer or maybe
0: co-writer or something?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen that one, but I did mean to. I'm not. I, I don't go out of my way for horror movies, but you know that that, that one did look interesting. So, but uh, have you seen? Have you been watching Westworld? Or haven't watched Westworld? Uh, probably won't see Better Call Saul. Though I did
0: binge and, and watch the third season, so I'm I'm caught up when that starts. Uh, of Better
1: Call Saul, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a weird movie. one. It's kind of I I kind of worry that it's got that um, Phantom Menace to Clone Wars kind of thing going on where they have to sort of fit it into the... Unless, of course, you know, an asteroid lands on a planet and throws the Earth off kilter and we enter another timeline, and then he doesn't have to worry about wedging into Breaking Bad, right?
2: I don't know. I, I think they've done a fantastic job so far making it fit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the fact, the way that they... Well, I guess these aren't spoilers because the last season was out, you know, more than a year ago, but the way that they they got uh, uh, Nacho involved and Tuco and and uh, and just last season, Gus, made some appearances. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how the, um, I can't remember his name now, but the, the guy who's the, the gang boss, right, who in Breaking Bad was in the wheelchair. Yes. I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out, how that happens. but well, he must have a stroke or something like that, right? Right. right. Something must happen. Yeah, yeah. Gus Fring, yeah. yeah and yeah. I'm sure Gus is involved in it somehow. Oh, you think? Yeah. yeah, yeah they, they showed I, some of the, yeah. the
1: animosity between
0: Gus Fring and Hector Salamanca. Yeah. <laughs> That's
2: yeah. his name, right? Hector Salamanca. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. They've yeah. The saying, what I haven't, the I haven't seen anything yeah. about the season, but I did hear some stuff saying that this this is the season where it's really going to start uh, merging in. Oh,
1: really? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Cool. Huh, interesting. I wonder if they'll do the uh, the uh, the Saul version of or Sol perspective of what when Walter White shows up and that kind of stuff, right? So,
2: yeah. I think that'll be pretty cool.
1: I forgot when he when they kind of met. He he gets to go gets to go find a lawyer at some point, right? Right. And he and just he sees goes it to or, yeah.
2: He sees one of the right. Better Call Saul billboards.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Or, or bus stop uh, advertisement or something like that.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, uh, I think Michael McKeon does it, Well, I don't know if it's a spoiler or not, but in the preview, they, they, they show that he's at his funeral. So.
2: Yeah. Well, he died at the, in the finale of.
1: Oh, did he? He's oh, okay. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember the. Yeah. Yeah. He was a piece of work. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Typical lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Working your way up from the mailroom into becoming a lawyer at a fake
2: college. Right? Which one? Uh. Saul, Saul, uh, Saul, yeah, but not his brother.
1: No, no, right. no But the brother—that well, was the whole thing. The, the the older brother could never could see Saul, uh, Saul as having any sort of value as a lawyer because he right. he didn't go to proper law schools or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting stuff. And you haven't been watching Westworld. You've been watching um, Handmaid's Tale, though. Jaime, the first season.
0: Saw the first season. Um, trying to figure out how I want to do the second season. I, I'm really trying to figure out my um, media consumption sort of um, new world order yeah. in terms of like, all right, what what makes sense? You know, Netflix is in there. You know, that's guaranteed. Uh, Amazon video is in there just because it's free. And since
1: cable television at all,
0: we don't have cable television, which has made it a little bit more difficult to watch um, sports, Uh but um, that's not so big of a deal right now because um, the sounders aren't doing very good in the to be quite honest. And Mm -hmm. uh, the Mariners, that's been kind of a bummer to to not watch those. Although I did see, um, I did see one of their games on Facebook of all places. Uh, Facebook watch is something that Facebook has been pushing um, last few weeks, probably as like, a, a way to do community style um, live streaming almost. So, yeah. you know, you'd, you'd watched I think they were playing like um, the Colorado Rockies or something, you know, some some so, yeah. afternoon rubber match, you know, it's like a, a 1 p.m. or I guess 12 p.m. because it was like an hour ahead in, in Colorado. Right. Speaking uh, of Facebook, did you
1: see their, their push today towards Facebook for teams? I missed that. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, they're trying to take, I think they're trying to take on um, Slack, you know, Slack and uh, and of course, you know, all, all the, the response and twitter was yeah because we 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 totally trust facebook right <laughs> not not to mess with our stuff right <laughs> it's
0: it's not good timing like no you know uh it's also not a good time for them to release uh, a, a home speaker of some sort some sort of smart speaker like was that what they're doing it, it's been rumored for such a long time and i think oh, yeah. i think they were on the cusp of doing so until they had the cambridge analytica scandals and uh, surely some some wise consultant who charges ten thousand dollars an hour was like please don't do that. That's a dumb idea. <laughs> Please put the money in my bank account by the end of the day. You know that sort of thing. Um, I like. I get why they want to do it. Um, they're starting to top out on their potential revenues just because they've reached just about everybody who could reasonably be reached in any you know hmm. less than a decade time frame. Right. Waiting for the developing countries to develop and life is going to get harder for them with GDPR. So uh, they they gave their their guidance. It was lower than you would like as an investor, and that's why investors freaked out. Right. Um, and and so I can see why they would. Want want to do more, you know, for them, boring, enterprisey type stuff, the, the bread and butter sort of thing that the Microsofts of the world are, are really good at doing, right? That's why, um that's why HipChat, or sorry, Atlassian gave up, said, forget it, we can't beat Slack and Microsoft uh, at this whole, you know, chat-based communication thing. So let's just team up with uh, one of them and, and hitch our pony to that one.
1: Right. So that was, yeah, we were, talking, there was another thing we could have talked about today was, was the HipChat, Slack, something called... Or whatever. What happened with that last week? Do you know what I mean? yeah um
0: they're pretty much putting an end to hip chat um i think as you and i were chatting about the enterprise you know um on-site editions of those will continue to run but no right, longer be yeah. supportive with bug fixes improvements that sort of thing mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and pretty much they're going to do a tighter integration between atlassian's other products non-hip chat based products and slack and i think they're getting some sort of business stake in slack oh really so it's huh. it, it's kind of a win win for everybody at Atlassi- uh, sorry um slack gets to remove like they kill the competitor at least you know competitive products. right right um, they've solidified their position against Microsoft who is you know very good at this sort of game and, and has a lot of, of money it can use to to push you know hey look this integrates with Office 365 and it integrates with Azure and all these other things, uh, GitHub even, right, since they have that acquisition. And it also seems, you know, I mean, it, it, let's be honest, it's not great for Atlassian. I mean, but it's still sort of like not as bad as it could be where they just uh, got driven out of the business and they have nothing to show for it. Now they've got something that helps solidify their position, make sure that the, they still have that developer story. And since they have some sort of business stake in Slack,
2: they continue to benefit from the competitor who drove them out of that market. I wonder if there's an acquisition in the, in the works.
0: Maybe. Which direction do you think?
2: Atlassian buying Slack. I think they're, I think they're much bigger.
0: Yeah. So you think rather than uh, Slack hasn't IPO'd yet, right? Am I I correct in thinking they're still private?
2: I think they're still private. Yeah. Let's see. I'm looking looking it up now.
0: Hmm. Maybe now's a good time for Slack to be like, Hey, we're going to (laughs) IPO just
2: to Mm -hmm. shake the box and
0: see if if Atlassian will pull the trigger on an acquisition.
2: Wow. They're uh, valued as of September, 2006. Seventeen. They're valued at five billion. Slack. Really? really? Um, I didn't think they were that big. Yeah. They've raised eight hundred forty-one total million dollars in uh, VC funding. So let's compare that to Atlassian. I have to think Atlassian is bigger than that, though. But let's see. Yeah. Atlassian. Atlassian has, uh, as of a year ago, which is the latest number here, they have six hundred twenty million of revenue. So they're. Oh wow. No, their market. Wow. Their market cap is only four point four billion. Wow. Yeah. I, I think well, it's because compared to Slack, that- which is. Valued at five billion.
0: Yeah, I I, I think it's. Because Atlassian was sort of um, a very quiet success. Mm. You know, they they didn't take the big VC funding, so they didn't get uh, the pros and cons of an ever-expanding valuation. And, you know, their whole thing was like, let's just be really boring and, like, quietly make money, <laughs> right? They were uh, they were profitable from day one, pretty much. So they never really were in the position of having to go out and, and bend the knee and, and raise funds. There's that uh, knee again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bend the knee <laughs> and kiss the ring, you know, that sort of thing. Oh, is that what it means? That's what I, thats what comes to my mind, you know, like...
2: Yeah, it was a Game big of Game of Thrones thing, bending the knee. Oh, is
1: it? I thought yeah. it was related to the... Oh, taking a knee is what I'm thinking about with the... Um with the football player. Oh no, that's
2: different. That's different. Yeah. Okay.
0: I guess it's still showing deference though, when we look at it, right? It's you can rest, but it's it's still kind of
1: like, hey, shut up and pay attention to what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Bend the knee. Oh I, oh, I see what you're saying, like like Jon Snow won't bend the knee to Daenerys and that that's kind of right. stuff, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Constantly. Everybody's know, like
1: doing this power play of like you need to bend the knee. It's like what?
0: We're partners here. I'm
1: not gonna bend the knee to you. Hey wait, that's spoilers from the last season. Well it's that was you. You you, you said that part. Yeah. That's Sure. Yeah, yeah. but I, I didn't say the conclusion to it. What you just said, you wrecked it for everybody. <laughs> uh, I'm Just trying to see where's this reference to uh, Facebook on Facebook groups or whatever it's called. Oh, maybe I dreamt it with my CPAP machine on. Yeah, so I have to try and avoid Greg at 360iDev as he tries to avoid me. Why? What? Why is this? <laughs> Didn't you see his comment about the fact that he had to try and avoid me and Tammy? Because we're both going and he's... and uh, Yeah, No, I think, I think I missed that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Tammy's uh, one of the keynotes, right? She is the keynote. She is the the keynote, the opening yeah. keynote. Friend of the show, sometimes co-host of More Than Just Code podcast, co-host or host of Roundabout about Creative Chaos is the keynote speaker at 360 idev this year. What's the topic? Um, now that you say that, I don't remember. Hang on one second. So I saw an email about it the other day or a tweet about it or something. 360 Connections, I'm pretty sure is what it is. But she talked about it uh, at our Devcon. Um, I don't know. Oh, Maybe
0: it's under board. speakers. I'm looking at the schedule and the schedule doesn't have.
1: Wired for Connections, it says, is the name, is the name of our talk. Oh, I oh, see. The first day is the workshops. My bad. Yeah, you're right. She's stolen my tribalism speech, <laughs> without even knowing it. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. I, can't uh, go this uh, here. I don't hmm? think it makes sense for me, but it sure would be nice because I'm looking at some of these sessions. Some of
1: these will look like would be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of them. It's, I was amazed. It's, I forgot it's three days long, right? Plus the plus the workshop is four days. Sam's doing his, his uh, usual workshop on something new and exciting from the latest WWDC. Yeah, lots of people. Lots of people. Tim. I don't I don't think you got to see Ijaz Ansari's uh,
0: advanced debugging with Xcode.
1: I did, actually.
0: Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Okay, you did get to see it. I wrote it. an article right. on it last year. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure because I, re- I remember that one sticking out in my mind. That would be a yeah. good one to go to. Yeah, I
1: did see uh, that
0: one. Also, uh, Greg's, I think, still coworker. Uh, Agnes is doing the um, the complicated life of a backgrounded iOS app. Mm. So I remember seeing Topology's blog post about some of the
2: they were st- they were still coworkers as of WWDC. No,
1: she's I been posting. She posted on Twitter that she was looking for work. So oh
2: oh oh, oh. yeah oh.
1: I don't know what the story is there. Mm. Plus, there's also the karaoke that we do at night with Jean. Is Jean speaking? Where's Jean? I thought she was. I was thought she was doing some Microdot blog related stuff. Yeah, my uh, my talk didn't get accepted, as you probably figured out. I'm telling Even you, though- Tim, the, the stats from um, Keith Houston and
0: Chuki Chan was like, oh yeah, it's it's about one in ten should be the the expectation. Really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but you, you're batting like four four hundred right now, aren't you?
0: No, 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 no. Uh, here, let me let me bring up my spreadsheet.
1: <laughs> she has got a spreadsheet, Mark. I have, I have
0: a spreadsheet. I want to be young, eh, Mark? <laughs> so Yeah. <laughs> that's not it's not new technology we're talking about. This isn't like oh, you kids nowadays with your your no, face and My Instagram and, your
1: and graphs and 8 by 10 glossies with numbers and arrows on the back. <laughs> What's the expression, Mark? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. Oh, there we go. Okay.
0: Google Drive decided to give me uh, an A-B test, and it showed something completely wrong.
1: And what does um, Dr. Who say about complicated sum- math and whatever?
0: Let's see. Yeah, it's not looking so good right now. It, it was a little higher than this. It was close to 1 in 10. Now I am 7.4%. Is that good? So it's less than 1 in 10 which would be 10%. So two accepted and 27 rejected with many still in flight. Granted, some of these were sort of like, you know, a little bit less likely to be picked up, you know, uh, a few serverless conferences, um, uh, a go conference, uh, Kotlin yeah. conf, which was, uh, definitely one of the further ones out there. Edgy, very edgy for you. So what was the, um, what was the conference you went to on the weekend? Oh, uh, the one I went to on Monday was go Northwest. And so what's that? This, is based on GoLang, uh, the Go programming language. Oh, okay. And uh, this was the first year that they were here, uh, or the first year for this conference. Oh, okay. Uh, sort of like, a, like an extended meetup. Um, it was great. It was only like hundred bucks, so super cheap. Hmm. Um, full day from what, like nine in the morning to uh, five PM, and then focused at dinner and lunch and stuff. It's pretty good because I'm, you know, I'm getting my my toes wet and dipping into the waters of, of go and then seeing how that uh, that whole thing works and so it was kind of nice to almost do that immersion like you were talking about like sort of immersion based learning mm-hmm. um and going to these, these different topics uh single track conference and uh, i lucked out by running into a couple of former co-workers from uh two totally different jobs so um really? th- that was kind of nice too hmm. I'd say one of the biggest differences or two larger differences I noticed with with this versus, you know, let's say something uh, Swift based or, you know, Apple based is uh, I think there were a lot more of uh, practical applications in terms of, you know, the kinds of of content that was being presented. Uh, Fewer of like, hey, this is academically cool, but you'll you'll, like never use this sort of thing. Right. And uh, the community seemed a bit more um, varied and diverse. Uh, and however you want, young, old man, woman, uh, different races, uh, from what appear to be different backgrounds, right. um, you know, how they came to this. And I, I assume the difference is probably related to accessibility where, uh, go is on every platform. You know, if you're running windows, Mac, Linux, um, it doesn't, you know, you can run it probably just as well on a L cheapo $300 windows PC and on a $6,000 MacBook pro. So I think that 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 sort of helps, right? That the the barrier to entry is is lower, and so I think there's mm-hmm. a little bit more diversity there that I um I'd like to see some sort of things happen uh, to our ecosystem there, right? I mean it's it, it's great that something like um, Swift Playgrounds is available on you know even the cheapest iPad, right? what like three three hundred dollars, three twenty nine, and that's great, it helps, but it's not quite the same in in terms of capability as a uh, you know even a four hundred dollar El Cheapo Windows ten laptop, um so uh, while well, I think it's great to have, you know, $6,000 beefy pro machines, I, I I'd still have a, a place for a nine ninety nine and below, you know, just keep lowering that, that lower end MacBook or MacBook Air model just to, to let people, you know, let a broader set of people get into our community. I think it'd be good for
2: us. Cool. Well, I'll talk to you later. All right. Have a good night. Talk uh, you later.
0: Right. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.